0: Hello, Edwin Crozier with you again, and thank you for joining us at the Franklin Church of Christ for another lesson taken directly from God's Word. I was examining 1 Corinthians 15 to prepare a sermon on obeying the gospel when I read Paul's statement that God's grace was not given to him in vain. I don't know how many times I've read those words, but in this reading they struck me like lightning. Can I say this about myself? Can I say that God's grace has not been given to me in vain? Have I been useful to God through His grace? If you're able, open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 9 through 10 and examine the four key attitudes we need to be useful to God. May we be richly blessed as we learn not to let God's grace be given to us in vain. How much grace has God bestowed in your life? How much blessing has God given to you regarding salvation, regarding ability? All that grace that He's given to you, has it been useful? Have you used it? Or has God given it to you in vain? While studying for a lesson just on obeying the gospel, I was reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I came across some verses that I had read before, and yet they kind of struck me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses nine and 10, First Corinthians chapter 15, verses nine and 10, Paul said, "For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle." because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And that phrase that Paul said, God's grace toward me was not in vain, in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. He said, the grace that God gave me was not in vain because I used it. And I worked. And I labored. And my question became for me, Is God's grace to me been given in vain? I hope that all of us can say as Paul did, God's grace toward us was not in vain. But for that to take place, there are four keys that we'll find in this passage, key attitudes that we need to have in our lives. And I'd like for us to examine those just briefly tonight. For us to be able to say that God's grace toward us is not in vain, we have to have these same attitudes that Paul had. The very first attitude is, Paul recognized how unworthy he was. God's grace was not in vain to Paul because Paul recognized his unworthiness. He was able, therefore, to recognize that it was grace. It was grace because he was unworthy. But now let's think about Paul for a minute. For him to admit unworthiness is is an interesting and amazing admission. Here is the man who, according to Acts chapter 22 and verse 3, was brought up under the tutelage of Gamaliel, one of the major teachers in his day. He was the man that, according to Galatians chapter 1, was far surpassing his peers. In Philippians chapter 3, he points out that he was a Hebrew of Hebrew, of the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Pharisee. And blameless according to the law. Here is a person that as far as the Jews were concerned had a lot going for him. And yet he was able to recognize that he was unworthy. How easy though would it be for him to say, hey, I know why God picked me. Look at how good I was. But he recognized that that wasn't the issue. And he knew that for all the things he might have had going for him on his side, he had something glaringly on the other side of the the fence. And that was, he said, I persecuted the church. Here, for all of this time that I claimed I was serving my God, I come to find out that in fact I was working against Him. I am not worthy to be called an apostle, he says. And that, of course, is exactly why it is grace but what about us how do we view ourselves how worthy do we believe we are especially those of us who might have been brought up so to speak in the church among christians most of our lives we were pretty good we didn't step out of line all that much we came to church our whole lives we got baptized when we became teenagers right on schedule We never just did anything too bad, right? But we need to realize that we too, no matter what situation we're in, no matter what we've done in our past or not done, we are unworthy. Romans chapter 3 describes it. Romans chapter 3, verse 10, as it is written, There is none righteous, not even one. Romans 3.11 There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they've become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. And the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God. Before their eyes. Verse 23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all done it. We've all sinned. And whether we can find someone who is a worse sinner than us or not, really doesn't matter. The fact is, we are unworthy. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we all too formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. We might like to distinguish ourselves from the rest, but Paul here says we've all been there dead in transgression and sin, unworthy. Until we recognize our unworthiness, God's grace that He has offered to us will always be in vain. Because as long as we believe that we are worthy, we will never even reach out to grasp and accept and receive His grace. We'll only turn to God for His grace when we recognize our sin and our unworthiness. Paul was able to say, God's grace toward me was not in vain because he recognized His unworthiness and therefore reached out to receive the grace that God offered. Next we'll notice that Paul acknowledged God's grace in his life. Very interestingly the grace used here in First Corinthians 15:9 and 10 as it's talking about is not specifically referring to the grace of salvation. He's actually in this context talking about the grace that he had of apostleship. The ability to preach the Gospel. The opportunity to preach the Gospel. That God allowed him to be a part of his plan and a part of his kingdom and a part of his workforce. He said, that was grace. That is God's grace. It's by God's grace that I am what I am. He says, by God's grace, not only that I'm a Christian, but I'm an evangelist, I'm an apostle. It's God's grace that I have all that. Remember the proverbial said in Proverbs 3, 6, that we're supposed to acknowledge God in all our ways. And that's exactly what Paul did. Paul was able to look at his life and God's grace toward him wasn't vain because Paul was able to recognize what was grace and the grace that he had received. If you look in First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. In First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, Paul recognized grace. He said in First 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because He considered me faithful, putting me into service. He recognized the grace of the Lord when He was put into service. So that's grace. The fact that God allows me to serve. The fact that Jesus allows me to be on His team and work for Him. That is grace. In Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Beginning at verse 6, He says in Ephesians 3 and verse 6, to be specific that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of His power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. He said it was grace that God allows me to go to the Gentiles. It's by His grace that I am allowed to preach to the Gentiles that I get to be a part of that plan. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 5, Paul says, "'What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants to whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one.'" I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. He said, everything that I've got here, everything that I've been doing, uh, even my work with you, he says to the Corinthians, is because of the grace of the Lord. All the opportunities that I have to teach, that is God's grace. Paul was able to recognize God's grace in his life. In Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, as he talked about the armor of God, and he concluded that in verse 19. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 19, he said, Pray on my behalf, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. He said, I need you to pray that God will give me grace. Grace that strengthens me with boldness, that I can preach as I ought to preach. Paul recognized grace in his life, and of course we all remember There on Mars Hill in Acts chapter 17 and verse 28, Paul's recognition of every aspect of his life, going back to the grace of God, he pointed out in Acts 17 and verse 28, For in Him we live and move and have our very being. The mere fact that I can live and move and have my very being, Paul says, that's God's grace. God's grace toward Paul was not in vain because Paul understood and recognized God's grace in His life. What about us? Do we recognize the grace that God has given us? I understand we talk about grace in regard to salvation all the time. Most of us understand that. We realize that. But but what about the other grace that He's given us? Grace is any gift that God has given us of which we are unworthy. What about your abilities? What about your resources? What about the opportunities that God has dropped in your lap? Have you recognized that grace from God, that blessing, that gift from God? Have you done anything with it? In Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 3. The Scripture there says, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body of Christ and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, its service and his serving, or he who teaches and his teaching, he who exhorts and his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with a cheerfulness. Now, let's not view this as some type of exhaustive list of the grace or the gifts that God might give us, the abilities that we have. But notice what Paul says. He says, if you have these abilities, this is grace. This is a gift. If you have the ability to serve, what are you doing with it? He says, if you have the ability to lead, what are you doing with it? If you have the ability to give, what are you doing with this? is God's grace to us. This is His gift. Do we recognize that? These gifts are not ours to do what we want with. These gifts are God's. We are just stewards of all of these things. And Paul was able to say that God's grace to me has not been in vain because he recognized that it was grace. He recognized it was God's gift. He recognized then that all these abilities, all these opportunities, all these resources were not His to use however He wanted. They were God's gift to Him to be used in order to serve God. What about us? What about your home? Your car? Your other material things that you have? Has God blessed you with those things? That's grace. That's God's grace to you. Have you recognized that as God's gift? But here's the third thing. And you know, this is an interesting thing because I don't know how many times I hear from people, boy, I wish you would just preach more on grace. I think if people actually understood grace better, they wouldn't want that preached more on than anything else. Because I want you to notice something. Paul says, God's grace to me was not in vain. Why? Because I labored more abundantly. People hear grace today and they think, Oh, I just get to bask in God's grace. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so glorious. I don't do anything. God just loves me and He just pours His grace out on me and I get to just live however I want to. And Paul says, that's not the way it works. God's grace to me wasn't in vain. Why? Because God's grace means I have to work. Otherwise, if I'm not working... God's grace was in vain. God hasn't given us His grace just for us to sit back down here lazily basking in the glory of it. He's given us grace so that we'll get to work. And that is exactly what Paul did. Paul was a worker. How hard did Paul work? He taught. He traveled. He rebuked. All manner of things that Paul did because God had given him grace. He was not willing to just sit back and be just some kind of recipient of grace. He realized that God had granted that to him so that he could use his gifts, so that he could use his abilities in order to serve the Lord with them. And that is exactly what he did. Remember Matthew chapter 25? Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents. In Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14, he says... For it's just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, verse 19, the master of those slaves came settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I've gained five more talents. His master, in verse 21, said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22, also the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I've gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 24, and the one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. And went away and hid your talent in the ground, seeing you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him in verse 26, You wicked, lazy slave. You knew... That I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank and on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has more shall be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out that worthless slave into the outer darkness and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What a story. I want you to notice the important point is not how much ability, how much has God blessed us. Let's face it, we've all got a different level of God's grace when it comes to these issues. And some people have been blessed with more abilities in areas than me, and I've been blessed with more abilities in some areas than you. That's not the question. The question is, what are we doing with the grace God has given us? Because He hasn't just given us that grace for us to be able to say, "Ooh, look at how good I am. He's given it to us so that we'll work. So that we'll get out and bear fruit to His glory. Whether that comes through serving one another, teaching within the church, evangelism, encouraging, visiting the sick, having studies in our home, whatever. This grace has been given to us for us to work and when we use what he's given us what he points out to us is that he will give more first peter chapter 4 verse 10 and 11 first peter chapter 4 verses 10 and 11 As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. The gifts you have been given, why have they been given to you? in order to glorify God and serve others. Paul was able to say, God's grace wasn't given to me in vain. Why? Because I worked. I worked hard. I worked more abundantly than all of them. And Paul was well aware that when he stood before God in judgment, God wasn't going to say, Paul, look at all that I gave you and you squandered it. He knew that God would be able to say, my grace was not given to you in vain because you worked. How many people today, how many Christians want God's grace for their own personal benefit and not so they can serve the Lord with it? Why did Paul work like this? Look in Philippians. In Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 7, Paul said, "...but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ." More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead." Verse 12, he goes on saying, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Why was Paul such a laborer? Because he wanted to be in Christ. Because he wanted God's grace. Because in that final day, he wanted resurrection unto life. He was willing to give up everything else for it. And he did that because God gave him grace. One more key attitude. Got to acknowledge God's grace in our life now you may say wait a minute wasn't that point too yes it was but I want you to notice in this passage what Paul does he said I wasn't worthy because I persecuted the church but by the grace of God I am what I am and His grace toward me wasn't in vain because I labored more abundantly than they all but here's what I've got to understand that even though I labored it's not because of me it's not because I was special I didn't earn anything. Even what I was able to do while I was laboring was God's grace. The ability to teach, the ability to travel, the strength of body to get up and walk around, that was the grace of God. Therefore, as I stand here, Paul is saying, and talk to you about how how much I labored. I can't sit here and say that it was me and look at how awesome I am because I recognize, Paul said, that it was God's grace that allowed me to do all that. God doesn't owe me anything. I haven't earned anything. And I am not more special than anybody else just because of how much I have labored. Five-talent man did more than two-talent man. But it was because of God's grace. What about us? How easy it is for us to accept the grace of God and then get to work. And after we've worked for a while, begin to forget that it was God's grace. Paul was able to say, God's grace was not given to me in vain. Because all the way along, he recognized what God's grace in his life was. And he recognized that when he was done working, that it wasn't about him, it was about God. God was the one who was to be glorified. As Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And that's how Paul worked. It's not about me, he said. It's about God and about His grace. And therefore, Paul was able to say, God's grace toward me was not in vain. What about us? How much grace has God given us? We live in the richest country in the world, and not only in the world, in the history of the world. We live, in comparison to other nations and other times, like kings. And yet we act as though so many of us have just not received anything with which to serve the Lord. We have the best education system in the history of the world. We have the most literacy, the best training to accomplish anything. And yet we sit back and act as though we have been given nothing. Has God's grace been given to us in vain? Or will we take what He's given us and use it to glorify Him and honor Him and serve others? If we're going to be able to say that God's grace was not given to us in vain, we've got to first recognize we're unworthy. We've got to recognize what is His grace. We've got to work and then keep recognizing God's grace in our life. And then we'll be able to say, God's grace was not given to me in vain. How many of us, when we stand before God in judgment, want to hear that from the Lord? What I did for you wasn't in vain. I want to hear it. I think you do too. This is how. Thank you for joining us in this study. I hope it has been a spiritual benefit to you. May we all grow in God's grace that we may be useful to Him and we may hear that His grace has not been given to us in vain. Let's remember the four key attitudes we've learned. First, we must recognize how unworthy we are. Second, we must acknowledge God's grace in our lives. Third, we must work hard for the Lord. Fourth, we must acknowledge God's grace in our lives. God has blessed us far more than we deserve. May we always make a great use in God's kingdom of the grace He's given us. I want to thank you for joining us at the Franklin Church of Christ in this study, and I invite you to study with us on many subjects. If you've been given this lesson on CD by a friend, feel free to go to our website, www.franklinchurchofchrist.com and download any of the lessons we have available in audio format or download the outlines to print out and study on your own. If you have any questions about grace, about obedience, or about the Franklin Church of Christ, please contact us by calling 615-794-2359 or contact us through our website. Again, it's franklinchurchofchrist.com. May God richly bless you And may you richly bless God.